0: Well, good morning. Uh, in case you've already lost track of the days of the week, today's Thursday. Um, here's what I want us to not lose track of. Let us not lose track of the Lord of the days. You might lose track of the days of the week. I recognize that. Let's not lose track of the Lord of these days. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. You say to yourself, there is nothing about uh, uh, about today over which I can rejoice. Oh, Oh, yes, there is. There is someone having a birthday today. Today is the day of salvation for someone. It is someone's rebirth day. Today is the day that God has given us. Um, We're not promised tomorrow, but thanks be to God, we woke up today. We have today. And so this is the day the Lord has made, and we are going to find cause to rejoice and be glad in it. Um, And we're not going to feel guilty or ashamed that in the midst of, um, of challenges and trauma and grief, to which we are also all attending, um, we are going to rejoice in the midst of it. There's room uh, for joy. There's room for laughter, even in the midst of uh, the experiences that we are enduring together. Let me just go ahead and uh, and give you the bad news. Um, today's headlines are bad, and tomorrow's headlines are likely to be worse. And so I think that in the midst of all of this, you and I can't just constantly be looking for silver linings. We have to be people who live in the reality of the good news in the midst of bad news. We have to be like Good Friday people every day right now. Every day right now is going to feel a little bit like Good Friday, which is a day the world completely fails to understand, fails to grasp, that something is happening that we do not um, perfectly perceive or understand. And it seems as if the darkness is only growing more dark, and it seems as if the enemy is winning. Um, but there's there's something uh, redemptive happening. I can't fully explain it. It's a little bit like trying to explain the cross. I can't fully explain it. I can receive the grace of God that um, that is offered, even if I do not fully understand how in God's wonderful mercy he could have Come up with such an idea to grant us grace. So, what does it mean to make the most of the moments and the minutes and the hours of this day? Um, Because this is the day that God has given us, and we're not promised tomorrow. So, what does it mean today to make the most of the moments, the minutes, and the hours of this day? Here are a few thoughts Read your Bible before you turn on your phone. Um, Focus on the good news before you consider the bad news. When you consider the bad news, pray the news and then spend time today building others up. Um, Let us all remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is not the coronavirus. All right, next up, uh, Ben Johnson is going to be here. He and I are going to talk through some of the headlines today, uh, some of the things that uh, we are facing in the culture as a people together. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me now, Ben Johnson from the Acton Institute. You can find him at acton, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G. Ben, let's start with a headline related to um, the lawsuits that face that states are facing over abortion access during the pandemic? Let's talk about essential and non-essential medical services.
2: Well, you put your finger on the word in question here, which is essential versus non-essential. Several states have said that, uh, obviously, during this time of coronavirus and COVID-19 lockdown, that all non-essential medical procedures, particularly surgical procedures, should end because obviously you have the tendency, the necessity of close contact, the potential for transmission, and also there's the potential that this could divert scarce resources from what will be needed to deal with the apex of coronavirus whenever we reach it, whether it's two weeks or four weeks, as is being forecast. So several states have said abortion is non-essential. By its definition, an elective abortion is non-essential, And uh, as a result of that, the ACLU and Planned Parenthood have sued multiple states, including Texas, uh, Alabama, Iowa, Ohio, and Oklahoma, saying that abortion is absolutely essential. They're trying to portray abortion as though it is essential health care, no different than uh, having uh, an appendix removed or something along these lines. So the abortion industry is making the case an unwanted child in the womb is as much of a threat to her mother as uh, say a, a gunshot wound. And so it cannot possibly wait. It must go forward now. In uh, Texas, Texas has been allowed for that order from Governor Abbott to go forward. Uh, Governor Abbott has said that anything that's not medically necessary to preserve the life or health of the mother uh, is is enjoined for the moment. But in these other states, the um, in many cases, for example, the state of Ohio, the order has been suspended by judicial decree. Uh, what you're seeing here is this this idea, first of all, of trying to portray abortion as genuine, bona fide health care. In fact, everyone who takes the, um, the Hippocratic Oath makes a vow not to perform abortions. That's part of the Hippocratic Oath as it was originally written. But second of all, the abortion industry is, is making this case that the unborn child, a, a pure, innocent, unborn baby doing nothing more than existing in the womb of, of her mother is somehow a threat. And you've been seeing this tremendous demonization of the fetus among pro-abortion activists. Uh, they'll call an unborn child an intruder, a parasite. Uh, you see this sort of idea that uh, any any child is is actually a desperate threat to the mother by pure pure it's pure existence and nothing else. Uh, and so it's this idea that sexual hedonism without consequences is a right, and that anything that will enable that is essential. That's that's the philosophy underlying it. I think it was best expressed by a pro-abortion writer named Amanda Marcotti. Uh, and forgive me for how crass this is, but that's her. Uh, she said, and this is a quote, given the choice between living my own life how I please and having my body within my own control and the fate of a lentil sized brainless embryo that has half a chance of dying on its own anyway, I choose me. That's the mindset. That's the attitude that's at the heart of this idea that it's OK to divert scarce resources, surgical masks and gloves and other things away from COVID-19 patients and uh, to continue to siphon off taxpayer dollars where where necessary for Planned Parenthood, even if it, it, it takes away from people's ability to respond to a global pandemic that is increasing by the day. Planned Parenthood believes there is no sacrifice that's too great for you to make. That's
0: grim. That's grim. Let's, um, I'm just going to pivot. Can I just walk away from that and, and pivot to, um, something positive? Is that okay?
2: I think it's necessary.
0: You're kind of experiencing that today, aren't you? I mean, I'm experiencing that in many of my relationships. Like we just, we just pause for a moment in, in the grievous, um, reality that we're sharing. And then we just, we just have a need to turn and, um, and talk about good news and, um, Something that's beyond the the rim of the shadow. So, talk about um, how businesses are helping out. Uh, there's an excellent piece, 10 Ways Businesses Are Helping You During Coronavirus, at blog.acton.org. Um, tell us about how businesses are helping out.
2: Well, I've been told that businesses are doing nothing more except using this as an excuse for price gouging and harming people. And, uh, you know, so I I, I know that it's going around all throughout Twitter. It's become a meme, but look for the helpers and many of those helpers are in the business community quite frankly so uh, you've seen for example apple has donated 10 million face masks to healthcare facilities uh, already uh, at the same time 3m is doubling its production of face masks now remember the uh, the federal government at the beginning of the crisis about a month ago said it had 1% of the ventilators that it needed the n95 ventilators that strain out 95% of airborne particles they had 1% of the approximately 3 billion Air, air mass and ventilators they're going to need if we reach genuine pandemic in this country. So uh, anything that we're taking toward that stride is is good and positive. So 3M is doubling its production. Honeywell has, has hired 500 Americans to make these. And Ford, of course, the, uh, the car maker, has decided it's going to tool up one of its plants. Uh, it's gonna use UAW workers, and they're gonna make hundreds of thousands of plastic face shields, uh, 100,000 every single week. These go over top of the N95 masks. So, you know, you have uh, the N95 mask underneath and then an additional layer of protection over top. This large plastic face shield It's going to be made by Ford. Uh, You've seen one. I uh, think Boeing. I think Boeing
0: is going to make those as well, because apparently they're almost exactly the same size as a window in an airplane.
2: That's right. That's right. kind
0: of cool, right? Like people are like, hey, what else is it kind of exactly that size? And somebody might already have a machine that's ready to just stamp those out. I mean, it is good how people are thinking creatively about what they already have that might be reused or retooled um, for these times.
2: Well, and, uh, for example, the, I think the best example of that is distilleries. You know, people are usually oh, making whiskey that. and beer. And they're turning it in instead. You know, one of the key ingredients of hand sanitizer, which has disappeared from shelves all across the country, one of the key ingredients is alcohol. And so they say, we have this, we can turn this and take one of the stills, and instead of you know, making something that's harmful to people's health, make something that's good and beneficial to their health. And in many cases, they're giving them away, particularly to first responders, but in some cases, they're selling them. Uh, and whether they're doing this to make a buck, or whether they're doing this to, to genuinely do it you know, strictly out of charity, the end result is everyone is benefiting because people are thinking creatively about ways to serve others. And that's that's the great thing about our system is when there's a challenge, you have people who are willing to pivot, to think creatively, to think, how can I use the resources I have to fill the greatest need for the greatest number of people? That's what our system incentivizes us to do. And it's good to see in a time of this tremendous bad news that the good news is there is good news that people are following through with what they need to do.
0: The good news is there is good news. We are going to um, talk more just after a very brief break. Um, Here's something I'm going to ask Ben to address. You cannot bring your own reusable bag to the grocery store in San Francisco, but um, you also now are not, so you're not allowed to use a reusable bag right now because of coronavirus, but you can't use anything but a reusable bag in San Francisco because they've outlawed disposable bags. So you're going to help us understand how regulations work against us in the time of pandemic. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: In
0: the
1: place
0: of the life. Life in the All right. So, you know, track back in time a little bit. You live in a state that has outlawed the use of disposable grocery bags, requiring consumers to bring their own reusable bags. Oh, and then pandemic and you now can't bring, you cannot bring, you are prohibited from bringing your own reusable bag to the grocery store. But you still, because of regulations, are not allowed to use a disposable bag. Mm-hmm. Here we go. All right. Ben Johnson, how do our regulations sometimes work against us?
2: The government's here to help you. I, I, I can just picture <laughs> people. They, they can't bring a disposable bag. There are no plastic bags. You can just see people juggling all the way home, right? Right. <laughs> It's the only option left to you at this point. So this is this is a known problem uh, going way back when when they first began to outlaw plastic bags. The idea was you would bring in your own disposable, and the the initial idea was just to limit the amount of plastic. This was a big issue, particularly in the UK. And first of all, several environmental groups have found that many of the the bags for life actually use more plastic than the thin plastic bags they're replacing, and by the time that they're replaced. The, uh, they actually use more plastic in general than the plastic bags that are thin and disposable. So that's that's one problem. But uh, second of all, you have the reason that the disposable bags or the reusable bags uh, cannot be used is that uh, it's, it's a known problem going back at least nine years. There was a 2011 study that was uh, written about in USA Today several years ago. Eight percent of all disposable bags tested positive for E. coli. So mm. uh, the... People simply don't disinfect them as they ought to. Uh, they they reuse them and reuse them and reuse them without cleaning them out. So it, it's uh, actually better that uh, people are are not using the disposable bags because they're more likely to uh, to you know, facilitate the uh, the transmission of various kinds of problems, whether it's bacteria or or this, but then what do you do as a result? So the government has banned the only other potential solution. So you you just have to walk around with a a cart and, uh, you know, take each item out individually. Apparently, this is another case of the government creating a problem and then making it much worse through regulation.
0: All right. So the article you have posted um, at Acton, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G, for those of you looking for it, this machine could replace 8 million masks, the FDA slowed it down. Tell us what's going on here.
2: This is going on in the state of Ohio. Uh, Governor DeWine and uh, Lieutenant Governor Houston had heard about a machine that was created by Battelle. Battelle is a nonprofit that was founded in 1929. They have all kinds of new inventions to uh, to their credit, including the CD. They came up with a machine that uh, would wash these N95 masks. These ones that we were saying are in such high demand that we need billions of them uh, if we're going to face a genuine pandemic in this country. But you're supposed to use them once and dispose of them. We don't have enough, so medical professionals are using them over and over again outside of medical uh, guidelines and potentially putting themselves at risk. Mattel invented a machine that would allow you to wash 40,000 of them twice a day, so a total of 80,000 masks per machine. You could wash each mask up to 20 times, and they have five machines. If you do the math, it's almost 8 million uh, masks. Uh, You you get 8 million reiterations out of that. So uh, they've they've instantaneously, with five machines, created 8 million new masks, essentially, uh, for this massive problem that we have. The FDA slow-walked the approval process, and uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Governor Houston and Governor DeWine talked about this this past Sunday at their daily conference on, uh, on the coronavirus and the spread throughout the state of Ohio. I have some of the quotations in the article. I think there's also a link that you can see the YouTube presentation on that, but uh, all said and done, when they finally gave approval after a longer extended period than the FDA said that they would, they only allowed it to be used for 10,000 masks a day, not 80,000. So you're dealing with basically 12% capacity of the, of the machine during a time where we need more than 100%. You know, we need as many of these as possible. Uh, and you know, these, ma- these machines have been shipped to New York City, Seattle, the main places where there are outbreaks, the main places where they're needed. And just as, as uh, the FDA gives approval, it gives half-hearted approval. And it doesn't make any sense. If it's safe, then it's safe. If it's not safe, then you shouldn't be using it at all. So the idea that you you allow it, but only for ten thousand a day in this limited trial process that was supposed to go on for months, uh, is is simply, um, I think, untenable. And ultimately, the uh, the governor called President Trump. President Trump got a hold of Scott Hahn, the head of the uh, the the head of the uh, uh, FDA, and they did get instantaneous approval the same day that uh, Governor DeWine did so this past Sunday but it took a call to the president for the FDA to approve something that could help out and help our medical professionals during a time of a massive global pandemic. If that's how it works during this time, I can't imagine the the sorts of troubles that we're having during normal times and the kind of treatments, the kind of cures that may be awaiting that are simply backlogged at the FDA.
0: Yeah. And I think that you know, Ben. When we think about all of the people who are now going to apply for these SBA loans, those processes are are certainly going to have to change if people are going to actually get any money out of, um, at, you know, out of the CARES Act with any speed. Um, I also was reading a story. Um, this one in California, again, it 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 turned around very quickly, but only after somebody did a press conference pointing it out. Grocery stores, um, or restaurants were selling groceries. Um, alongside you know food delivery, like they're delivering prepared food, but they were also delivering staple food items to people who were ordering from them. It's one delivery, one less one less place where a person's gonna be exposed but um but again the the f d a shut it down, saying you you can't sell groceries because you're not a grocery store, you're a restaurant, and there's a legal difference.' Um, But now that has been that FDA regulation has been set aside as well. Um, The one that's unfolding in Oregon is the one that makes me the most personally angry. Um, So after some 300 students had successfully transferred in mid-March to a charter school after public schools had closed, the teachers union got all upset. And the Oregon Department of Education then stopped allowing students to transfer from public school roles into charter schools, but the public schools are not offering any online education for the remainder of the year. And so that means that these these kids are just stagnated. So they're not being offered any online education through the public school system because the teachers union doesn't want to require their teachers to have to do that. And yet the teachers union is blocking the ability of these students to transfer to charter schools, which they could attend online. It is crazy. So there's stuff out there for us to be concerned about in the midst of this. I do think that um, um, sort of the, the lunacy of um, of some of these restrictions and the privileges granted to particular groups of people is going to be unmasked uh, in the midst of uh, of this crisis. And, and that will be helpful to us long term.
2: Uh, that's one of the great services that's coming about now. You're seeing that people are finding government regulations that uh, were put in place supposedly to help everyone actually uh, – harm our ability to to respond to massive crises like this in a time where people are really hurting and really do need help. And as you've pointed out, usually the background is it benefits some specific group usually at the expense of a much larger group. So teachers unions over children, the story that you said, it has my blood boiling, it's the ultimate betrayal of our young children. Their young minds desperately need this input. And uh, the teachers unions are always talking about how important it is that we have great, massive funding for public education so that our young children, our greatest resource, have all the resources they need for their future. And yet they're depriving them of that opportunity in a more flexible charter school environment.
0: This is just so frustrating. All right. um, You know, hope is on the horizon. Thank you for being the person who does help us see the good news. There is good news every single day. That's Ben Johnson. You can find him uh, online at The Rights Writer. You can also find him at acton.org. We'll be right back. So um, are you praying? How are you praying? For what are you praying? How are you praying in the midst of these days? Kathy Branzell heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. The National Day of Prayer is still May the seventh. We will still be gathering as a nation to pray God's glory. Um, How will we still do that in the midst of social distancing? Well, the good news is, pray can pray. pray. Prayer can happen uh, anywhere with any number of people in any environment. And so, we're going to talk with Kathy not only about the National Day of Prayer, but prayer in the midst of the days in which we now find ourselves. So Kathy Branzell up next here on Mornings with Carmen. So what are you doing this Saturday morning? Why don't you join me and Susie Larson and Bill Arnold from 9 to 10 a.m. Central. We are going to co-host a live call-in show. I know, it sounds nuts. You're thinking to yourself, Between Carmen and Susie and Bill, how are listeners going to ever get a word in Edgewides? Well, you're going to get a word in by giving us a call during our one-hour live, co-hosted, tri-hosted, tri-hosted call-in show, Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. You're going to call the same number that you ordinarily text during this show, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Go ahead and save that in your phone um, and plan and go ahead and set an alarm in your phone, like write an alert Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Central. You're going to call in. We're going to pray together. Um, Hopefully, you're going to have some testimonies to share about God's goodness, His greatness, His grace, um, the ways in which God is showing up in surprising ways in this time. We want to hear your testimonies. We want to hear your prayer concerns. We want to pray together we simply want to be together with one another. So, this Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m. Central Live, call in show, 877 933 2484, with me and Susie Larson and Bill Arnold. It should be a great time, but only if you show up. All right. Well, up next, I got, uh, who's up next? Kathy Branzell, National Day of Prayer. That's up next. We'll be right back.
2: Is your son self-motivated? Does your daughter take her education seriously? Hi, I'm Mark Braxton with Parenting Today's Teens. Getting your child to complete his homework or attend all his classes might be like pulling teeth. It's frustrating. Most likely, you're tired of pushing him to perform better, and he's digging his heels in because he feels manipulated. My advice is to make a serious evaluation of your own expectations for your child. Are you projecting your own desires on your son or daughter? Hey, hand the outcome of their education over to them. Over time, your child will learn to self-manage, to set goals, and to achieve them. Parenting Teens isn't for the faint of heart. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store.
0: I've got my pray God's glory hat. I've got my bookmarks. I'm sharing them with people. People are doing more reading these days. I've got some National Day of Prayer bookmarks. I suppose if you text me, I would send you one. So if you text me at 877-933-2484, it's going to be more complicated than just a book thing because I don't have this set up with Paul yet. So if you text me that you want a, a National Day of Prayer bookmark, just um, just text me and then we'll figure out later how we're getting that to you. Um, but again, I have a whole stack of them because I ordered them. So you can get one from me. Uh, text me at 877 933 2484. I will send you a National Day of Prayer uh, bookmark. I'm going to need your name and your physical mailing address in order to do that when you text me. All right, Kathy Branzell, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are uh, you? I'm good.
1: I'm excited. You've got your hat. Do you have your "Pray God's Glory" hat? Is that what you said? Uh, Yes, I have my. I post the picture. I've got mine too. We'll post the picture later today or so.
0: Yes, that's perfect. I um I was wearing it when I was doing an on-air interview with somebody that, and I posted my my picture holding their book with the "Pray God's Glory" hat on, and more people commented on the hat than the book. So I don't know how that author felt about all that, but it's a great hat. Yeah, so they can they can idea. get it on our website. We've
1: got all sorts of cool stuff this year.
0: I know. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about the National Day of Prayer. Still on for May the yes. 7th? Absolutely. Yeah, people are like, oh, are you canceling or
1: postponing? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, so you know, a lot of people don't know National Day of Prayer is a law. Um, it was started by Truman, President Truman. And uh, then given a specific day, the, uh, the law was amended by Ronald Reagan in Congress back in 1988. So we have the first Thursday of May every year that by law, the president calls the nation to pray for the nation. So we're not postponing. There will probably be more prayer this year than ever before. The venues might look a little different, uh, very virtual, of course, but, um, and we'll have our national broadcast or national observance that evening. Um, and so, you know, check out our website at nationaldayofprayer.org to find out how you can watch OB Facebook Live and streaming on our website, on God TV, and um, many other ways that people can be a part of our two-hour prayer service on May 7th.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, so um, there will be a, a national broadcast, a service, the evening of May the 7th. You can get all the information at nationaldayofprayer.org. Um, we can stream it. We can watch it on Facebook Live. We want everybody to participate. But I think throughout the day on May the 7th, um, we want to encourage people to be um, observing the National Day of Prayer and then using their own social media to encourage others. Uh, this Absolutely. is going to be an, right. This is a great opportunity for each of us and all of us to pray where we are for the concerns of the nation and, and just to celebrate uh, the glory of God. God deserves his glory even in the midst of a pandemic.
1: Absolutely. And we're seeing God's glory in the midst of the pandemic. And so we're encouraging people post a prayer, post a prayer request, tell a glory story. Um, you mentioned the the bookmarks and the prayer guides, and there's actually a national prayer. And we're encouraging people wherever they are to um, pray that prayer at noon um, in their time zone. You know, go out on your front porch and declare it together. There's power in in unity prayer. And so we, we have all of that. And then beyond that, we've also been doing a Lenten and lengthened season of prayer, preparing our hearts for Easter. And so on our social media and on the articles that we uh, mail out, email out every Thursday, if you're not signed up for that, again, you can go to the website and get some encouragement and some prayer prompts every Thursday evening. Um, But if some some people right now in the midst of this pandemic, they just say, "I, I don't even know what to say, much less how to pray. And so we've been giving prayer prompts throughout the day on our social media and in those articles of um, how you can just sit and have time with the Lord.
0: I love it. Um, so again, you can uh, visit the National Day of Prayer, nationaldayofprayer.org. Um, there's a weekly email that's got prayer prompts, the the Lenten and lengthened uh, preparation for prayer series. There's also lots of information about the specifics of the National Day of Prayer, which is May the 7th. Um, mm-hmm. How you can pray the prayer for the nation on that day. Pray, pray the prayer, and then you can also participate that evening in a national broadcast um, yes. for the National Day of Prayer. Kathy, um, how about we take a very brief break, and when we come back, let's um, let's talk about. There's been a number of calls to prayer um, recently. People mm-hmm. are um, praying in in ways and in places that are new for them. They're also not praying in places that are familiar to them. I mean, like they're not going to church. Mm-hmm. They're not being led in prayer in the same ways that they're used to. So when we come back, right. can we just do a little prayer equipping for these days? Absolutely. That'd be blessed. All right. So I'm talking with Kathy Branzell. She's my friend, and she's heading up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. And I just am thrilled um, to get to speak with her whenever God provides Uh, for this time. So she and I will be right back. Continuing my conversation with Kathy Branzell, the head of the National Day of Prayer task force. You can find her at nationaldayofprayer.org. Uh, You can also find all the information that you need for the Thursday, May the 7th National Day of Prayer and lots of other resources to equip you in your prayer life. If you want a National Day of Prayer bookmark to keep you mindful um, of the date and the things about which we are praying, you can simply text me. Uh, I like the way Jenny did it. Jenny texted the word bookmark and then her name and physical mailing address so that I would have everything that I need. In order to send her a bookmark today, you can simply text me at 877-933-2484. So text me at 877-933-2484, and I will send you a National Day of Prayer bookmark out of my own little personal stash that I ordered from the National Day of Prayer website. (laughs) Uh, Maybe even, I don't know, a picture of me in my hat. I don't know if I can pull that off or not. Okay, so um, Kathy, let's talk about just equipping people for prayer in the midst of these days. Yes, absolutely. I love equipping
1: people for prayer. So um, so many things going on in your head right now. Um, I know that even just getting to focus, because we are watching the news, we're watching statistics, we're um, you know, listening to people who are fearful, and we really have to just stop and be still and know He's God. You know, that word, cease striving. And so take time throughout the day As you're working, as you're um, doing school online, whatever it is that you're, you're having to do and get through, take time throughout the day. Start the day with prayer and always start with praise. And if you don't know what that looks like, those are God's attributes. That's the unchanging character of God. And as you remind yourself how big and wonderful and powerful and loving he is, then fear starts to fade and subside. Um, And so prayer, uh, praise, thanksgiving, stop and remember all that he has done. Thank him for today. Thank him for this breath. Thank him um, if you're, uh, you know, I'm down in Atlanta and I've been so excited because now all my trees have leaves again. Just this week, my trees have leaves again and the azaleas are blooming and the red buds are blooming. And, And so find the things to be thankful for. As you're watching the statistics of cases of the coronavirus, also look at the number of people who are recovering and give God thanks for that. Um, One of the things I'm really having fun with is uh, making videos and going online to, to put on our website and our social media with just practical things that we can be doing to make our children laugh. Uh, To be with them, grandparents are are groaning that they can't see their grandkids. Well, yes, you can. You know, play Yahtzee on FaceTime. Uh, If you both have Battleship or Clue, play a board game. Um, You know, I want to encourage you, the grandparents, to find that funny app. Uh, Talk to your your children and go, okay, how can I make the grandchildren laugh by having, you know, bunny ears when I FaceTime them? Be creative in this time and then pray with your grandchildren, pray with your children. If you've only um, done God is great, God is good, then, I mean, that's a great blessing, but stop and go, what what does that mean? Think about that yourself. How is God great? And how is God good? So, um, so many things. And then of course, pour out your heart to him. Tell him if you're fearful, tell him um, whatever it is, especially if you're isolated, talk to him all day long and uh, and make sure that you're asking. Um, put, that's, that's a sign of dependency. That's a sign of love. And don't think, oh, God's got too many other things on His plate right now. I shouldn't be asking for this. He wants to hear your heart. He's a loving Father. So those are just a few ways that we can be praying throughout these days.
0: Kathy, um, I think that... There are some prayers that um, we're a little afraid to pray right now, Um, Mm. and I think that there are—I know I have some, you know, some dear, sweet friends who they feel a little guilty having praises, praise prayers, and prayers Mm. of Thanksgiving, um, because, you know, frankly, they're enjoying being at home with their kids. They— they're enjoying not having to drive and rush around and be mm-hmm. driven by the agenda, um, you yeah. know, that, that the world has been, you know, ordinarily presses in upon us. Um, mm. Remind us the kind of liberty that we have in prayer before God and, oh. uh, and the variety of things He wants to hear from us.
1: Oh, that's good. I love that word, liberty. Love that word. Um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So no guilt. I I believe this is a holy pause moment for us, that there's this reset going on. And I do pray that our children remember 2020 fondly, not fearfully, that they say, you know, um, I got to spend so much time with my parents. I never saw my dad hug my mom more than that year. The whole Um, atmosphere of our house changed. We played games. We laughed. Um, We prayed together. We started our devotional time. We read through the Bible. My parents let me act out Bible stories, and they acted them out with me. There's no guilt in this. That's making the best of what God is up to. That's um, taking lemons and making lemonade, if you need to hear that. And So there's no guilt. I, I, I asked somebody the other day, I said, is it a, it, should I be ashamed that I'm happy that I'm getting to spend time at home? Um, absolutely not. And So we just need to make sure that we don't squander this time, that we're not the wicked, evil servant that takes the talent and buries it in our front yard. And, and when this is all over with, we dig it back up. What can you be doing in these days? Ask God, what do you want me to do with this time? And listen for him to prompt you. But just make sure you're being loving. Um, my prayer is that I'll be faithful and fruitful in these days.
0: Faithful and fruitful. Um, when we talk about we talk about being fruitful, we're talking about the way the Holy Spirit is not only living in us, but what the Holy Spirit is producing um, through us. I think, Kathy, there are um, there's a there's a sense of pressure. That we have to be productive during this time, and you're reminding me that the main thing that I need to be producing is good fruit. Like, right, what That's I'm right. really responsible to before the Lord is the harvest of righteousness in my own heart, yes. that can then um, that can then bless and serve other people. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, just um, in the in the final minute that we have, um, just any words of encouragement that you have, and again, um, invite people to the National Day of Prayer uh, website.
1: Yeah, so I just want to encourage you that um, our God reigns. He is, uh, heaven is not in chaos. He is not surprised or overwhelmed by this. Our days have purpose, and he loves you deeply. And we will get through this. Uh, These days have been allowed by him. Don't try to figure him out. Just walk in each moment with him. And we do want to invite all of you to pray every day. I love the the song Carmen always uses, you know, every day in every way. Um, But praise him through these days. Don't become fearful again. Just let the Holy Spirit work in you with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let your family and your friends see that in you. And we invite you to pray with us every day, and especially on May 7th, the first Thursday of May, for the National Day of Prayer. Again, you can find out more at nationaldayofprayer.org.
0: Kathy, thank you so much. I'm praying for you. I know you're praying for me. Uh, Let us continue praying together for the nation and God to be glorified. Thank you so much for joining us again um, on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for the invitation. I'm praying for you. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. We'll be right back. Okay, uh, Mary is going to be working on Saturday, so she's not going to be able to join the live show that we're going to do um, at 9 a.m. this Saturday. It's going to be a call-in show. Bill Arnold, Susie Larson, Carmen LaBerge, uh, try hosting, you know, co-hosting, three people. Um, we are going to be co-hosting a live call-in show, sharing prayers um, with you, you sharing prayers, concerns with us, and all of us celebrating together what God is doing in our midst and the ways in which God is showing up and being faithful to who he is. Mary's not going to be able to join us because she's going to be working on Saturday. Um, Mary, the uh, the Saturday live show will be recorded. It will be available as a podcast for Mornings with Carmen. And then um, you can also call the faith radio line, the faith line, and share your prayer concern and or share your testimony, um, and we can include it. So, you can call the faith line at 877-933-2484 when we're not live on air. Like right now, if you called it, the problem is we're live on air. So it doesn't bounce into the system where we can record um, a conversation. But if you wait till the show is over, <laughs> then you can call the number and, uh, and, and bounce on there and share not only your prayer concern, but your testimony. We'd love to hear from you. All right. We got a whole another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. I love that we're getting to spend time together today. Thank you for including me in your walk of faith this day. We'll be right back.